Hello and welcome to the Yoga Life Podcast. My name is Kevin and in this podcast, every week I speak to someone who I think is interesting and hopefully you think they're interesting too. This week I have with me Brona Malone. Brona is a transformational life coach. A what? She is the founder of The Power in You Coaching and the co-creator of The Power in You Transformational Approach, where she helps hundreds of clients to be the powerful force they were born to be so that they can live the life they were always meant to live. I just read that straight off her website. But she's, she's, she was a very charming, very sweet, the kind of person, you know when you meet someone and you feel like you've known them all your life, just very comfortable straight away. So uh, I thoroughly enjoyed this chat. And I think we all need a coach. We all need guidance. We all need inspiration. And Brona provides that in bucket loads. So I really hope you enjoy this chat. You learn something from it. If you would like to come to any of my events, I've got a few things coming up, but all information is on kevinballyoga.ie. The next big thing is a retreat with myself and Rachel. Rachel is my life partner. Okay, that's what the, the modern people say. And we are going to Ardnerhu in Leitrim. There are three places left if you'd like to join. It's a weekend, April 3rd to April 5th. All information can be found online at my website. If you enjoy this chat, as always, please do review on iTunes. Please share it with a friend and yeah, leave a comment. It's always much appreciated. So without further ado, here is Brona. Hey, Brona. Hey, Kevin. <laughs> Brona. Yeah. <laughs> What's a life coach? <laughs> a life coach is someone who is going to support you through change in your life. Now, how they do that differs from coach to coach. Um, but essentially, they do help you and they support you, but in a different way to a therapist would be. Um, now, it, essentially a therapist is going to help you process whatever deep emotion if you're really stuck in the past whereas a life coach is helping you in the present moment look to what you want to create and bring into your life in the present moment from the future mm. so but when you are a coach like a life coach when you go to move forward blocks that are there in the present normally come from the past anyway so but um, the people that would come to you are able to work, they're actively able to heal, whereas someone who will need a therapist isn't able to move forward. Mm. They can't move forward. So the blocks come up and they're completely like, no, I need to process this deeper or whatever. So that is essentially the key difference between the two in my, in my eyes. And I have had clients who've come to me who would have just finished therapy yeah. and on that same issue now want to actively heal and participate in the healing if that makes sense like they're like right you know say if it's a breakup they would have you know been heartbroken went to a therapist but now they're like I actively want to move forward I want to maybe meet someone else um I want to change my life so they're taking action they're able to take action whereas if you're not able to take action well then yeah therapist is the best place to go so when people come to you do you sometimes refer them to a therapist and vice versa that has happened once Mm. that has happened once now I'm 
it was a really interesting client as well. This was a beautiful client that I happened to. I was giving a talk back in my hometown. Um, of Navin. Of Navin. The, the shout, big... shout out to Navin. <laughs> and um, it was a friend of mine I was in primary school with, Aoife Bradley, and she runs my studio there. And she was like, hey, come in. We're doing, you know, an intense like six to eight weeks and I'd love for you to come in and talk about, you know, anything on nutrition. So now I'm not a nutrition coach, but I work and I help people internally, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. So I was coming in saying, well, you can put, you know, you can focus on your nutrition physically, but unless you're actually dealing with stuff that you're putting into your system spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, the physical is only 25% here. So um, gave that talk. And then from that, this client was like, the minute you walked into the room, I knew you were going to be the one who was going to be able to help me with something. And it's something that she'd been struggling with since she was 13 years old. Mm. So we started into it. And, um, you know, she had, you know, at 13, she had been brought for counseling or whatever, but she just wasn't able to do it didn't connect with the counselor and you know there's a couple of other things going on so that was all put to the wayside but inside she's carrying it now what like 17 years later so um yeah we started into it and it was just like there was one session in particular and I came to her after and I was like you I think you do need to see a therapist and she's like I've already I've already called one up like so we did what's called a tandem. Now, I think the therapist was shocked because it was coaching that actually got her on the path, you know, and I think the amazing thing about coaching is when you do connect to your spirit. And again, all coaching is different. Like I'm more a transformational coach. I help people transform those blocks that get in their way. Um, And when you do connect to your deeper meaning, deeper purpose, when you connect to who you came here to be. Um, it gives you more of a why to be like, right, well, I really want this for myself. I want it for my life. You know, this woman had a family. She's like, I want this for my family. I want to be this person. So in order for me to be that, I do need to deal with this thing that happened in the past. So that is a good instance of how these two work together. But I do think the therapist was like, what? A coach did this? (laughs) Um, So yeah, they can beautifully work together. You mentioned before we started recording that more and more people are getting into life coaching or, or mm. tr- wants to become a life coach. Yeah. Why is there, well, first, I mean, I'm, I'm sure more people want to do it because there's more of a need for it. Why is there a need for it? Why is there a need for it? I suppose on a whole, I think, you know, culturally, societally, on a whole, I think we're all evolving. And we're all definitely becoming, okay, so this society is becoming really stimulating, one thing. But I think we're all becoming more sensitive as well. Um, And it's like, you know, those, as society has grown and developed, it's becoming more apparent. You can have the car. You can have, um, you know, X, Y, Z. You can have what I call the checked boxes, which is like partner, house, car, job. But still something will feel missing. Um, And I think that's becoming hugely apparent of more the spiritual and the emotional needs. Um, Mm. You know, otherwise you're creating what I would call shadow success, which is where you look to have it. And it's what I, in my 20s, you know, I I had the money, I had the car, I had the job, was getting promoted, but inside just was not happy because I wasn't living the life that I felt called to Mm. live and something felt missing. And then you look 
you know, to fill that void with other things that do not work. And then you end up crashing out. So um, I definitely think it's one of those industries that is growing um, and essentially, you know, out of when when you go to really embrace that part of yourself that wants to help and heal and serve, the person you're helping, healing and serving, first and foremost, is always going to be yourself, you know? Mm. So um, I think we're looking for something for ourselves. And then in turn, you know, we can then share it with other people. But when we first start into it, we think, oh, I just want to help other people. But it's always ourselves. Yeah. It, it, I was thinking on the way um, to uh, record this podcast that, once upon a time, maybe we would have had elders mm. or people that are, when we lived in smaller villages, maybe hunter-gatherer societies, yeah. we would have had people who were wiser and older yes. that are not necessarily our parents, but mm. are an uncle or an auntie yeah. or just, just someone who's old and wise who would give us advice. But now we spend so much time alone yeah, and we outsource things like this mm-hmm. uh, because we don't have people in our lives to give to guide us that way yeah you know with with i can only speak for uh, about men because i'm a man yes. but as a man when you're young you have your father and he is someone you look to when you're really really young yeah but then you get to a stage where almost like your dad isn't cool or isn't um enough and you need a coach like mm. it, some often it's the football coach mm. whatever sports yeah. coach you have and that person acts as a, like a second dad essentially yeah. and this is quite a common pattern but sometimes people don't have that yeah. and they don't have and it's quite hard to take advice off your parents because your parents always see you as a child that child yeah and they sometimes will treat you like you're a child and mm-hmm. that can be frustrating as opposed to getting advice of someone who isn't involved uh, in your immediate circle mm. and that's just so difficult to find now and I think maybe that's my theory on yeah. why people seek um, someone to be a life coach but then that's that's people seeking a life coach but why do you think people are then wanting to go into life coaching as a like as an occupation because it sounds like to me it's quite taxing emotionally. Um, do you know what? Like, oh, is it taxing emotionally? I would say for me personally, no. Um, because again, it's boundaries, you know, and mm. it, it's one thing to go and train and be certified to be a coach. But then it's doing the work of um, being in integrity with yourself, number one, with your own message. But number two, you learn then what it is if you're making it into a business. Like any business, like any entrepreneur, Mm. it is all about having those boundaries. Um, And the one thing that you're taught, now I went to an amazing coaching school, it was online, like it actually took me two, three years to complete. You know, it it wasn't an eight-week course, which is what some people are doing. You won a scholarship, right? I did, I did. I won a scholarship. Yeah. Um, and, um, so it was three years. Yeah. Well, you can, you can do the course up for up to two years, but I'd started into it and then discovered I had some health problems. So I pressed pause on it, but I actually definitely feel that me even stepping in more to what I love to do and my purpose brought up those health issues. It's like if you invite in more love, everything that isn't love comes up. You invite in more peace. And when you go to step into the higher energy that is your power, your genius, your your purpose, it is going to 
um, process you. It is going to stir and shake up all the things that have held you back. And not just you. This goes back generations in your family as well. So, Hmm. but um, getting back to something you said, there was two things that you said that I thought were interesting. Um, And that was number one, like the advice that you get from your parents. And I suppose that's the one thing what coaching isn't supposed to be, which is advice. It's about holding space for the person, asking the right questions and letting them, you know, hear the answers that they need. And at the same time, um, and the reason why I've I've invested in coaching for myself, um, and I even had a guy go to me, but if you're a coach, why do you need to invest in it? And it's like, because I'm looking for someone who is where I want to go and who's doing what I want to do. Um, So I've invested in it and... um, I know what was my point in bringing that up. Yeah, because you said I made t- you, you said oh, I made yes. two really good points. Yeah, <laughs> you did. You did. It's on the advice thing. Yeah. Like, say I have an amazing group of friends. I have amazing people around me, but their advice is coming filtered through them, their own experiences, their own mind. Whereas when you get into a space with someone who doesn't know you like that, they can hold space for you in a very compassionate, non-judgment way, and they're not coming bearing the past in the example say you gave of your parents mm. um so and that really works like that's really worked for the clients that I've had I've come to people or like people have come to me and they're in a dark place they're you know it's nearly like the ass has fallen out of their life whether that's they've just gone through a breakup whether they, there's been a, a job lost or whether they're just in this job where they're like oh, I just can't do this you know um and the one thing that's powerful, like say if you're close to someone, you need to see them going through a hard time. You want to go in, you practically, you know, you want to keep them safe. You want to wrap them up warm. Whereas, you know, with with a coach or with someone external, they can be like, I see where you are. And this is a really powerful place for you to be because through all darkness, amazing things comes like all seeds start in darkness. And that's where you are now. So there's something looking to birth. There's something looking to come through, but it will mean getting comfortable here and using this darkness for your good and have it serve you Mm. um so i guess that's the that's the thing about advice and coaching um Mm, mm. second thing you mentioned was just i suppose um you know back in the day with the elders with the wise ones with the shamans Mm. um i suppose there was a spiritual support team and the church in ireland replaced that and in other countries it replaced that um and i'm i'm not even getting into like the church as an institution i'm just talking about it did support like if i even look at my grandmother she was a devout catholic devout like um padre pio and padre pio padre pio yeah do you not know about padre pio um padre pio is some saint um and he had a (laughs) i think he used to wear gloves but he he would heal people he'd wear these gloves and he would heal people and the reason why I'm mentioning the gloves is because now that he's dead, people would have his mitt and you go and you touch it and apparently, you know, you get healed. Mm. But my point is like, um, say, it didn't matter what you believed in, but it was faith and it was having that connection and that community. And now that we're moving away from the church, um, but I think there's still a need for some community there and for something to whet that spiritual appetite um, to replace the church. And mm. I think that's that's even something I'm exploring in my own life um, because there's a part of me who just loves that spiritual food. Like I would often listen into Michael Bernard Beckwith on a Sunday. Mm. Um, and um, yeah, so I, I kind of feel like that is why things are changing the way they are because we're missing that piece. You said that 
You don't give advice. Yep. What do you think about motivation and, and, and motivating people? Uh, you know what? I, even with the word motivate, I even move away from motivate because motivate comes from the mind, you know, whereas I prefer inspiration and inspiration means to come from in spirit. It comes from the spirit. So mm-hmm. I would differentiate between the two anyway. You always want to be inspired. But if you're motivating yourself, you're using that mental energy and there's a push in it. Whereas if you go deeper mm. and, and get more anchored and grounded in your spirit, mm. you can't not but move forward. Like say even the people I've coached, like the coaching I do, it's all about helping people connect with that place in themselves, that deeper spiritual, powerful reserve that will open doors that you didn't even know existed. Um, and it will help you move through those harder ick stuff when you're connected to it. So, um, yeah, because there's, a th- because there's a, um, I've seen Tony Robbins doing one of his motivational seminars and, he, you know, Tony Robbins is the the most prolific, most successful I do like him. Speaker. I do like him. And he is phenomenal. Yeah. But the, the, the challenge is that a lot of these people that go to these motivational seminars, yeah. they go all the time. Yeah. And they'll go for a weekend and they'll come back to work on a Monday and be like, right, I'm going to do my to-do list. I'm yeah. going to, um, you know, I don't know, have my morning routine, go to the gym, whatever it is. Yeah. But then after a few weeks, it mm-hmm. starts to wane. And they're like, yeah. oh, I'm going to book my next motivational course. Okay. And so it's replacing. They're using something external to replace their own, their own connection. Yeah. Mm. I mean, I se- essentially, I think that people are driven by, I want to be successful. Mm-hmm. The problem is, how do you define success? I mean, a goat is successful at being a goat. And often I think success gets measured on money, yeah. as you were saying, things you've about in your, in your, in your 20s. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that I don't think it's wise trying to be happy. I think it's wise tr- finding purpose. Mm. And I think that now, because we spend so much time on our own, mm. we uh, the individual is celebrated in society. We talked about Instagram earlier before yeah. we started recording mm. and how it's so egotistical. Mm-hmm. it's incredible when you look if I look at my Instagram it's just pictures of me I'm like what the hell is this like it's it when you look at it from an outside perspective you're an alien that came down to earth and you're like oh this is the thing we use to take pictures of ourselves and show it to people we don't know mm-hmm. it's very very bizarre mm-hmm. but because you're being celebrated as the individual not what you're contributing towards society necessarily mm-hmm. I think that's a very shallow existence mm-hmm. and therefore we're, we're seeking more Mm. And I think maybe it's almost like we're seeking spirituality. Mm-hmm. And we feel that when we go to a seminar. Mm. Because look at the t- Tony Robbins. I mean, it's like going to uh, a pastor in a in a church in Alabama or something. You know, mm. he's like, stand up and shake. And, mm. uh, and it, it is like a, a spiritual experience. Mm. And I think that we we need that. But we... We need to generate that in ourselves, as in what is our purpose. Mm -hmm. Thoughts? Yeah. So I I think, you know, (laughs) purpose and happiness, let's have both. Let's, (laughs) the the one thing I'm like, and and I notice this in myself, and it does come up with clients, is the either or thinking. Um, that mm. we can only have one or the other. And it's like, no, let's do both. Um, and the one thing I'm actually consciously working with now in myself is joy. Um, and what I've noticed is that 
um, you know, uh, like I, I jumped into coaching full time last August and I just remember sitting there, you know, and I was like, OK, what do you want me to do? Because there's so many different ways to move forward and to offer out, you know, amazing free resources to people. And I was like, what is it you want me to do? And it was just like gratitude do a gratitude challenge who are you asking what do you want me to do i was just sitting in a meditation oh, asking <laughs> I was asking higher power about yeah 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 <laughs> that's what i was doing um and um it was amazing because whilst i know in theory gratitude is important and while i know so much about how amazing it is um i haven't had a consistent grat- gratitude uh, practice you know, there's times where, like, I've done Vipassana. I love Vipassana. I've sat in silence for 10 days. And on those mornings where it's like you've sat, you've been up since 4.30. Um, well, you're supposed to get up at 4.15 or whatever. The first bell goes at 4, but 4.30. <laughs> sometimes I slope into the hall about 4.40, 4.45, because I know it's a long sit. Um, and then, um, you know, you're sitting there and it's so still and so silent. And the sun is just coming up. And in those moments, I find it so easy just to be at peace and in just like awe of life, you know, Mm. like, wow. Um, But in terms of having it consistent in my everyday life, it has not been something that I've done. So I thought it was right, a gratitude challenge. That makes so much sense because, again, you teach and learn, you know. So um, me even putting together the mails for that um, was like, it was just eye-opening. And then I, from there, developed, um, you know, my own gratitude practice. And you said, sorry, Brandon, when you say putting yeah. together the mails, are you doing an email? Yeah, saying? it was an email challenge. Okay. So literally people signed up. So I had about, um, like, 40 people signed up. And what they got is every day for seven days, they get an email with an exercise or just something that, mm. you know, I've learned or shared. Mm. Um, and um, again, just that material, like I love to write. So that material, it was literally like saying yes to it just opened up a portal. And I'm just, it's like I'm as surprised as what's going to come out as anybody else is. But um, like it definitely opened my eyes that, you know, joy is something we all want. And joy is the highest form of happiness. But it comes from actually opening your eyes, no matter where you are, no matter what you have, and actually being, these are all the amazing things I have. Because we have that more, 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 where we're looking to fill that void. Mm-hmm. Um, when we actually take stock of how much we actually have, especially, you know, if we're in Ireland, if we're in a, you know, a first world country, like we have so much. Um, and I myself have been guilty of overlooking it and thinking, you know, I'm not enough. I don't have enough. Mm. Um, so uh, since then, it's definitely opened my eyes as to what happiness and joy is on, on that deeper level. And it's something that I, I know I've more to do on that for myself mm. um, because I have been guilty of, you know, I'm going to work and then I'm going to reap the benefits. So it's like I'm postponing joy and happiness mm. because I have a little bit of an addiction to being busy and working hard. Yeah, yeah. You know, so, yeah. It's difficult though because the same way the individual now in society is celebrated as are the metrics around that individual. So mm-hmm. a metric could be how many followers you have. Yep. Um, it could be how much money you have in the bank, which is very easy to measure, but it's very difficult to measure how grateful you are. Yes. <laughs> you know, because yeah. it's not, um, or what you look like. I mean, if someone, you can look at someone and be like, they're very physically fit. They've got a six pack, 
mm. rippling muscles. Um, they're in, they're athletic looking. You go, this is someone who has spent time on this. They've gone to the gym and they've invested in their body yeah. through time and effort. Yeah. But it's very hard to look at someone and mean like, this is someone who's really mindful, who's really grateful, because you can't see it on them. So yeah. therefore, uh, not not um, not yeah. as easily, not yeah. as easily. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you speak to someone, you can get the feel out from them definitely. Yeah, yeah. Because um, if you're sorry, it's Brenda, but if you're on. like, if you can pick that up, like, I you, I meet some people who do yoga and stuff, and I say do yoga, I don't know what that actually means necessarily. Yeah. yeah. But they could be very um, impatient, very judgmental, yeah. <laughs> very have very low tolerance for for certain things, but yet they. They make the yoga shapes and yeah. they do yoga. They do the asana. But, um, yeah, exactly. So you got you were going to say? Yeah, just um, d- when you were saying that, there was just one person who sprang to mind. Like when I was in Korea, I met like one of my beautiful friends there, Ratisha. And Ratisha was and is, because she's in Dubai now, she's Canadian Indian. And I think she was the first person that I was like, whoa, because, um, you know, I had left back in 2007 and I I was not happy you know I just wasn't happy in myself so I left in 2007 to go on a new adventure and um I was really when I got over there there was um okay it was my first experience of of churches outside of Ireland Mm. you know outside of the Catholic Church and where you'd be standing on the side of the street and you'd get you know people coming over going Jesus wants to save you and I'm like you know so we're here to save you and I'm like you go and save yourself I don't need saving you know it was just really in your face and it was more of a business but I met Ratisha and Ratisha even though her family you know of Indian descent like her it was her mum that actually left India with her dad um and even though they're Indian with all those different religions they actually are Christian but she was the first person that I ever met outside of you know people in the Catholic Church because I I my again my gran huge role model because she she lived it like beautiful person very you know giving and um my granddad as well and so they they practiced they were in the Catholic Church but they were good people and they practiced it you know um, so Ratisha and her family were the first people outside of that, that I was like, whoa, like she is, you know, she really believes in it and is devout, but there was just an ease. There was a joy, you know, and, um, she has since gone on and I, I was at her wedding in Dubai and her husband would be someone who's big in the church as well. And he's a preacher, but they really live it. Like I was listening to the speeches and you couldn't help but like ball because you could feel the gratitude. They were just so grateful. So it it just naturally came off them. And I think since then you can meet people and um, you can get a sense, you know, there is that little bit of a spark, you know, mm-hmm. um, in someone. And, um, you know, having traveled around and met different people, um, I think it's it's easier now to spot because it's someone who's just... Um, it's the way they connect both with themselves and with you, no matter what's going on. I think it's becoming more apparent. And again, I guess it's the more we look for it in ourselves, the more we will spot it and meet it in other people. Because this world out here, and I think this comes from, I ended up jumping into the Course in Miracles. That's been one of the spiritual texts now that I've um, grown to absolutely love. And it just, it's really spoken to me. 
And it's like this world out here is just a direct mirror of what's going on inside. So mm-hmm. I and I'm, I even finish it, you know, it's supposed to take a year, probably took me two and a half. And now I'm going back to it and I've started the start again because I'm just it. It just helps me keep myself in check and my mm. judgments and of which there is loads, you know, um, but the only person it's going to hurt is me. So I'm very aware of the projector. Um, and not not going over and punching the screen, but actually working with the projector. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's I love that. What's um, what's happening inside you is what you project onto the world, then what you see back exactly, hundred percent. Mm. Um, and you know, I don't mean to. I, I, I when the reason why I talk about Instagram so yeah. much is just because it's become as you said before you started recording. Someone said to you, "Oh, you need to go on Instagram. Yeah, you have to." I'm so bad at it. I've yeah. got like eight. Or nine posts. So when it comes to measuring yourself off your own followers, I don't. Yeah. I'm useless. <laughs> yeah. I think like it's to understand that it's it's can be fun yep. to use it and it can be a great way to it has so many good things going for it, but also to realise that yeah. um it's so unlike real life. Mm. Yeah, it's it's representation. I mean it's um yeah. I, I I I see it as a photography platform and I like to take reasonably nice photographs yeah. that are interesting or just look well good and have a basic message behind it just so people know roughly what I'm up to. Yeah. Even though I bought this brand new phone and it's like slick phone, it can take really nice pictures, like it's whatever. I don't want to share everything I'm doing just because I want to be there for the time. Yes. I just came back from um, Carcassonne. 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 Uh, <laughs> la la. Yeah. And I'm like, there's so many cool things I can take pictures of here, but... I just want to look at it and be like, this in is the, the last, moment. this is the first time in my life I've ever seen this castle. Yeah. This is the last time I've probably ever seen this castle. I'm going to yeah. look at every nook and cranny and yeah. just enjoy it of what it is as opposed to constantly thinking, because I got neurotic about yeah. Instagram. We're like, oh, I should really be sharing this. I should be yeah. sharing this. The and pressure. And plus the people, follow, people who have chosen to follow me, do they really want to see that? Why? They, I'm sure they're not following me to see what I'm eating for dinner, mm. um, unless it's something exceptional. Like, but 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 with um, with Instagram, what is important to remember is that, like, I, I'm, I'm I met this this girl who was um, I went for I just I ended up being like a lunch dinner with her, mm. and she's a big big Instagrammer. Like, she got hundred thousand followers, and she's very popular. But in real life she was the least present person I, I, and I don't I, I'm mm. judging it by the way everyone judges just yeah, that's okay but, well you can discern uh, what do you mean I would do, you want, do you want to finish your story first and okay. then I'll explain thank you yeah okay great so I, I and it was like everything was being taken a photograph of she wasn't interacting with the people around us and everything was like oh my god and then this thing happened oh my god oh my god and mm. everyone it was everything was someone else's fault it was moaning constantly and very superficial about Look at this picture of this guy. Oh, I thought he was hot in real life, but he's just hot on Instagram. He's not really hot in real life. I'm like, what, what, what has come, how have this happened? Mm. <laughs> and it's because the way you're speaking like so quickly now and not listen to anyone and just document everything is valued on Instagram. But in real life, I was like, get away. You know, you, it was you, devoid of connection. Oh, it was, I, I couldn't get out there soon enough. Mm. Um, and that was a big eye opener for me. I was like, oh, I get it. I get it. There's, there's. That's the, the difference between being an Instagram say influencer, mm. and and I'm not saying they're all like that, but yeah. just this instant um, in real life, it p- pays a lot to actually 
stop, listen to someone, look at them, mm. and try to understand what they're saying. Mm. Brenda, you were saying, sorry, Mm-mm-mm. about discerning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, well, just in, in response to that, like I um, I actually did my coaching paper in coaching school. Um, <laughs> and my topic was uh, co- uh, judgment versus discernment. Oh, okay. Yeah. I think it was like, what's your power tool? And it, your power tool had to be, I, mine was like, judgment versus discernment so it was there even back in the day before I was even aware Mm. you know of how um how much of a part it plays in our world but so judgment is when you look at something or someone else and you're judging this is right this is wrong this is bad this is good Mm. okay discernment is when you're looking at something and you're taking it as information and there's no good or bad. It's just, this is not what I want for me or my path. There's a yes or a no. Yes, I want more of this. No, I don't. So you're using it as information, but there's there's no judgment. And I think, like, obviously, um, when it goes to, to looking at other people, and again, this comes up in my own work that I do with myself, but with um, clients that I work with as well, because if we have a lot of judgments that we're not aware of, we're projecting. But what we're actually projecting is our power, our power to change, because we are taking something that's actually inside of us Mm. and we're putting it out here. And then so people come to me and they're like, I really want to make all these changes in my life. And the first thing we have to do is like, well, we have to look at where is your power? Because you need power in order to make changes. So a lot of the time, the stories come up that we've long held on to. This happened and it wasn't my fault or this happened when it wasn't my fault. Or you'll be triggered in the present moment with something that's going on with your boss, your sister, your mother. And it's, it's a PowerPoint where there's an opportunity for you to take back the projections and the judgments, because we always judge like it's Debbie Ford with the analogy. It's, you know, our own shadow that we're seeing in other people in other situations that we haven't owned because when we when we judge we've one finger pointing out but we've three coming back so it's literally like Debbie Ford said that Debbie Ford said that the late Mm. Debbie Ford um yeah her shadow work was amazing and she has a movie as well called the shadow I think maybe it's just called the shadow Mm. um and um so yeah, that's, they're my thoughts on judgment, mm. judgment versus discernment. It's like allowing it, like say if you feel you have a lot of judgments coming up, we're human, but we can, we can use them for our good, like list them out. Mm. If someone is really triggering you in work, like list it out, but like own it. It's yours. It's like, what are you projecting onto this person? You know, yeah. um, and that's why that person is here. And that's why you're being triggered right now. Like, and it is amazing. It is amazing when people get really clear, like, this is what I want to create in my life. You will be shown everything. Mm. Everything will come up um, to help support you to create that change. But what people don't realize is the stuff that comes up. Mm. It's going to be the uncomfortable ick stuff. And people think, people take it to be, oh, it's not working for me. When it's like, no, your intention and your dreams and your desires are so powerful and potent, they've stirred this shitty gunk up. It's like the chakra system. You know, we tend to want to be up here with the chakras. You know, we're opening up to the universe and hearing that wisdom. And then we bring it into the third. And this is what I want to create. And this is what my intuition. And, you know, the throat is about not even just speaking, but expressing who you are in the world with your verbal and nonverbal. It's with your presence. You sitting still in a room. It's your presence and your heart. You know what you love. You know what you want to do. But it's when we go down to the lower three. That's where the crap is. 
And that's the stuff that we need to really work on to ground the vision and what we want down onto the earth. Mm. So... Yeah. I, I love that. By the way, if you're chilly, do you want this? Yeah, no, I did. I'm chilly. I was like, can I take a cup of tea? Yeah, even sip, though, yeah. Because yeah. it's pretty chilly in there. Um, but yeah, you can. That happens all the time. Yeah, you can have this blanket you've got. But so am I shivering? I didn't even notice because I'm just no, in just the conversation. No, just because you're wearing a jumper, <laughs> and I'm wearing like five jumpers. Uh, okay. But I have because I come back from Carcassonne. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but um, discernment versus judgment—that's really interesting because I find myself slipping into judgment sometimes and instead of discerning like okay I've noticed this character trait about someone and I don't want that in me so Mm. how can I Mm. uh, or notice that oh I do that sometimes too Mm. and I'm Mm. gonna and sometimes you only notice when someone else does it but also I think um, what is a good thing to to bring into that is the power of the language that you use in terms of like moaning. I know mm. moaning is t- like if someone is bitching about someone, yep. it's very likely that one, they're projecting how they feel about themselves probably, yes. but also they're probably doing it about you. And and I, I do, I know for myself that by nature I'm quite competitive. So therefore I see what other people are doing and I think I want to get ahead. Yep. Uh, and I want to get ahead because... I have it in me that I need to survive, yeah. you know, um, because I, I know what it's like to be a, a real failure, to be someone who is just a waste, a, a font of a better word, a loser, yeah. and I don't want it ever to come back. So yeah. therefore, how I judge myself on how well I'm doing is mm. how well I'm doing compared to other people, yeah. which is a slippery slope because you'll, there'll always be someone who's better looking, a bit mm. richer, Mm. gets is in more demand has better like um goes to the bigger events or whatever it is yeah instead of this is why i'm interested to speak to you because yeah. I, i'm trying to redefine what is success for me for example yes. the other night i i mean this is like this happens m- more than i would like but say my dog for example uh i was up most of the night essentially with the dog like yeah. taking him out at like three in the morning to go park and all that kind of stuff and this happens when you have a puppy but anyway when I was going back to bed at 3.30 a.m., I was think, I said to myself, uh, firstly, I went to the park. I didn't bring my phone with me. It's 3.30 a.m. I'm like, I've been asleep for only three hours. Yeah. Looking up at the stars, think, thinking, I'm, I'm kind of insignificant, which is good. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm not actually that important. Like, so kind of get over yourself a little bit. Mm-hmm. That you, you can have a bad night's sleep, whatever. Then as I was going home, instead of... Of a couple of years ago, I'd be like, "This is bullshit," you know. I haven't. I'm gonna have a terrible night's sleep. I've got a load of busy day tomorrow, whatever. Instead, I was thinking, "I'm grateful that I have a bed to go to." Mm. And I was thinking about the homeless people that I, I you see and how terrible that is that they don't have a bed, mm. a roof over their head. They, they're unsure what the night is going to bring. And simply doing that, um, and not also not moaning. Moaning is a disease. I really believe that. I have. Um, there's someone close to me mm. who moans constantly. It's like their default thing. They don't realize it mm. because it's just the way they express their personality. And it's it's through moaning. Yeah. And it's really unattractive trait to have. Mm. And when you do it, you actually make yourself weaker, I believe, mm-hmm. uh, as opposed okay. to... Because moaning, I think, it can seem like quite therapeutic. Like, oh, mm. like if, if you're going to... If people who say moan about the weather, please come on guys like yeah. <laughs> i i know like 
um, conversation can be awkward sometimes. Like, what do you talk about when you talk about when you see a stranger? Mm-hmm. You don't want to say like, "Oh, um, <laughs> I don't know," something really <laughs> deep, and meaningful that might freak him out. It's easier to talk about how crap the weather is, and they people join in with that. Yeah. But it's really um, not a, g- a good habit. Yeah, well, I think you know if someone is constantly moaning, and it, or if we ourselves are going through that where we're constantly moaning, um, it's just an indicator of where our own vibration is at. So moaning is always an indicator of vibration. Now there's there's constantly being at that you know vibration where it just feels right to moan, um, versus someone who operates on you know hiring their vibration and feeling good majority of the time um, but allowing themselves what I call a spring clean and this is huge this is huge because if you have someone who is moaning chances are they're not really enjoying the relationship they have with themselves chances are they're not in a place where they really and truly love themselves can you imagine like I'm so still learning how to freaking love myself you know um, so it comes from a wounded place, you know, so there's compassion in that with when someone is just in that place where they're not feeling good and they just they're a match for moaning. Um, but a lot of the clients who come to me in the beginning, what we're what I'm actually giving them permission to do is to connect with those feelings that aren't great because what happens is we disconnect from them they're in us they're our pain they're our wounds but we push them into the shadow because we don't want to deal with them they're really uncomfortable they're the parts of ourselves that we don't like there's that experience that thing that maybe happened in the past that you're beating yourself up about and that can be anything from something small or something big but that's there it's in the shadow and it's festering and if you're not connected to it you tend to, you know, project it out into others or you just, it's its there, but you don't even realize it's there. It's there, but you're like, why do I just, you're on that vibration of complaining and moaning and not feeling good and everything out here is wrong. Mm. Nothing is right. Everything's wrong, but it's the government. None of it's your fault. It's the government. It's the traffic. It's the fact you're in a shitty job. But um, the majority of the time when people come to me, And they're like, I'm in the shitty job or, um, you know, something doesn't feel right. I'm miserable. I'm this, I'm that. It's giving them permission. Like, first off, they get clear about, okay, this is how you are feeling. What do you want to invite into your life? Because you can have it. What do you want? And I help them get clear on that. And then one of the most important tools is spring cleaning and actually connecting with that garbage. All that shit that's back there in the shadow. It's allowing it up, but you're allowing it up in a contained way. It's no longer seeping out into your relationships. It's no longer toxic because you're actually in whatever it is. And and a lot of us, we disconnect. We don't even know what we're feeling. Like, say, you know, I work with people and it's giving them permission. They actually have never even had a vocabulary to describe how it is they're feeling. So it's putting words and they start to connect with it in, in a more healing way an empowering way like you know like shit makes good fertilizer it's manure Mm. it's using it for your good Mm. and but a lot of the time it's giving yourself permission permission to feel these feelings because we judge ourselves even for having judgments about other people (laughs) so say you know i i love clients who i even give them this the spring clean where it's literally you spring clean you go to town so whether it's you grab a piece of paper and you're like shit f 
I, I'm my words here, but you know, and I'm like yeah, yeah. colorful language <laughs> or someone's really triggered, triggered, whether it's a partner, your mom, your dad, yourself. And you, you give yourself permission to just go to town, ride that emotion out on the page. Mm-hmm. Don't judge what comes out, allow it out because it's an act of self love to actually allow yourself to go there. Knowing that none of this is true. It's just your ego voice. It's not true. And when you can work with your ego instead of struggling against it, instead of beating yourself up, when you can love the parts of you that are coming up to show you and guide you, like love yourself for bringing this gunk up so that you can clear it and heal it. Mm -hmm. When you can bring love to absolutely everything, that is the key. Love Mm -hmm. is the most powerful tool, but it's, it's not a weak assed emotion. It will bring you to your knees. Mm. I say that I've seen it. My clients, it does it to me quite regularly, brings me to my knees, Mm. you know, and it's, it's an uncomfortable journey, but it's worth it. Mm -hmm. It's worth it. And even, you know, we talk about like Instagram and everything. I think it's about learning how to, you know, use it for a good and come into a good relationship with it. Mm. But the people who I love seeing out there, it's the Brené Browns. Oh, it's yeah. the the ones who are really honest and truthful. And I actually had a conversation with Melissa Griffin and she's this online entrepreneur over in the US. Now she's huge. Like she's doing uh, amazing work. Like she's done so well for herself. Um, and I happened to be on one of her courses and it's um, it was an email list course. But what she is learning that you can have all the strategy, but you can know what you're supposed to do. Um, but it's about dealing with the stuff that's going to stop you. So it's about dealing with the stuff underneath. So say for me, you see me, I'm not really great on Instagram. I don't really put myself out there as much as I can. And that's more to do with my own fears or invisibility. You know, mm. like they're my own, that's my own emotional things. Like anytime someone's stuck on something physically, the block will be in another body, whether it's spiritually, mentally or emotionally. So it's working underneath the car bonnet instead of just mm. banging on the top of the bonnet mm. going, why isn't the car working? Mm. Um, but I spoke with Melissa because um, there's something that I've been really stuck on in my own business and it's come up time and time and time and time again. So I ended up having a conversation with her and I'm at the stage where after doing the Course in Miracles, I'm like, I don't care who knows what my crap is. I don't care because we all have it. You know, people can say they don't have the same stuff, but we're all, it's universal. So I'm at a place where I'm just feeling like really honest and um, so one of her team reached out and was like, would you be in her podcast? And she'll coach you on her podcast. So oh, I said, cool. yes, I know, because God, that coaching session alone was probably worth. Honestly, she could possibly charge about 10K over in the US for Jeez. that. Um, but it was really it was really freeing, you know, but it's in that conversation, like there's been so many times where I've been sitting in stillness or, you know, I went to a, a circle once, like a women's circle in Blanchardstown. I remember lying down and I keep hearing the same thing, which is like, share your story, share your story. So I really respect the people who are out there and they might get it wrong sometimes, but they're just out there and they're willing to show up. Mm. They're willing to do the work. They're willing to be seen warts and all. They're the people who get my respect you know yeah, yeah. they're the people that i'm like our world needs more of this truth telling so yeah it's funny you say that about putting yourself out there because um everyone wants significance no mm. one wants to feel insignificant mm. 
There's two ways you can get significance. Yeah. One is you can do something that's a value, offer something that's a value, work very hard, and eventually people will uh, seek seek you out. But if you can't do that, something stopping you from doing that. The other way you can get significance is by taking that person down to to to, to bring you up to their level yeah. or to be like whatever they do. You're like, and this is where trolls come from. You yeah, because they're down and they want to pull the people up here down to their level instead yeah. of rising up and doing the work and rising up. Exactly, yeah. yeah. People want, want to, these trolls want to tear you down. I'm not talking about me, I'm saying this is yeah. what I observe online. Because I, with the that whole Instagram thing and podcast and everything, I didn't want to do it at the start because I was very self-conscious. Yeah. And then I was like, right, I'm going to get to a stage where I just do this without even thinking about it. Mm. And I'm unapologetic about it. I'm just putting myself out there. And now I'm at that stage where I really don't care, uh, as in, yeah. like, I have no, uh, I'm not self-conscious at all. Mm. And um, I just put stuff out there, content all the time. So I've, I've got over that hump, which was like a big win for me. Like, yeah. okay, great. And, <clears throat> but now it's like a case of, I, now that I've done all that, I want to tell people if they're looking at my Instagram or whatever it is, that that's the highlights, you yeah. know? And if yeah. you listen to this podcast, you start to understand, oh, yeah, you know, for example okay, he's doing a handstand on where it looks cool, whatever, but the night before that he didn't sleep or, or whatever yeah, it was or, yeah. or that's something happening in the personal life. This is what I quite like about the podcast because it helps to add a bit of balance to be like, listen, don't worry too much if mm. you feel like shit some days because we all do. And it's a case of um, coming back to what your purpose is what, and what your, in, and your intention is. Um, when you mention the word miracle, though, I must say... I love You, you love like a miracle? I love my miracle. Um, Go on. What... Um, I, I, when I hear the word miracle, yeah. I, I do think a bit like, hold on a second, what's going on here? Like, do you know, um, and this is no disrespect to this guy, Absolutely. but look, it's a conversation. Do, do you know Kyle Gray? You know what? It, is he geezer. with Hay House? Is he with Hay House or something? Kyle Gray? I don't, I, I don't I've know. heard the name, but I don't, I don't know. Him. Okay. He's not in my realm. Okay. Fair enough. Then. No, but he's someone that I was over in Ireland talking about miracles and guardian. You, you have everyone. It's like everyone has three guardian angels. I'm like, hold on a second. But that's me. And that's yeah. me being a cynic yeah. uh, being, and being skeptical. What, what do you mean by a miracle? Okay. So the course of miracles defines a miracle is when you have a shift in thinking from fear to love. Okay. Yeah. So that makes it a little bit more realistic because <laughs> I think you're coming from the, you know, I'm going to heal, you know, there's healers out there, the gurus who are like, I'm going to make you walk on water. You know, that's a miracle. But every day, every day miracles, like what you did with your podcast was facing your fears. You know, you created a, a shift in thinking to do the podcast. Mm -hmm. You said you were feeling self-conscious about it, but you faced it. And so a miracle just helps shift your thinking from lower thinking to higher thinking. Um, and the more you can bring yourself higher, um, the more that you open up when we're down in lower thinking we're closed we're contracted we're in fear we're in shame like we literally you know when someone goes into shock it's like you know and mm. um, that trauma will will have us closed like fear contracts mm. whereas love as an energy it actually opens us up and we're able to connect more and um, so it when we open up to more love more of those opportunities come our way like honestly like I do this work and I'm still, still like, whoa, like with some of the clients that I work with, like I worked with, um, um, I worked with someone recently and um, 
like she wasn't like, why she came to me was she just kind of felt she was coasting in her life and she's known I do this work and she was like I just felt an intuitive pull but it wasn't until she jumped in she realized just how much she was keeping herself quite stressed and quite busy so that she was avoiding certain things in her life she wasn't even looking for a new job but a new job landed on her lap she was at a wedding and got speaking to someone and that connection was made and then you know a couple of weeks later there's a job offer where she's hours are way less. She doesn't work late mm. anymore, but she's getting more money. See, I don't think that's a coincidence. I think that... It's synchronicity. It, yeah. It's miracles. But say like she had that conversation at a wedding, you said it was. Okay, yeah. Right? right? If she was the type of person who moans, they're going to be like, fuck, I mean, bothered speaking to you. You're a yeah. moaner. I'm, yeah. I'm, yeah, whatever. Yeah. But it, she might have come across like full of love, full of acceptance. And yeah. oh, what do you do as well? And, you know, yeah. and... Uh, she was open. She was open. So therefore, they might have gone off to someone and go, I met this girl earlier. She was lovely and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Oh, what'd she do? And, and then yeah. then a job yeah. offer comes. That's it. But it's because, and by the way, when I say like, I don't care, mm. what I, and that's poor, articulated poorly by me. What I really yeah. mean is, okay, love and fear, as Oprah says, that you have two choices. Mm. And... I basically love myself more than I loathe myself now. Yeah. And that's essentially it. So it's not that I don't care. And again, I was a bit lazy in my language there. It's okay. But it's more, and this is what I like about podcasts and you can, you can um, course correct. Whereas, yeah, anyway, yeah. but like, <laughs> you know, with Instagram, like you put a tweet or a post out and it's there forever, isn't it? You yeah. know, someone can screenshot it or whatever. And you're like, oh, actually I said that wrong. But anyway, podcasting, you can say it again. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, um, is that more that, yeah, it's not that I don't care. It's more so that I uh, I like myself more now than I used to. And, yeah. I, and I think that's why. And I feel you, when you feel like you have maybe something of value to offer, you're more willing to put yourself out there. Mm. And every time you do a post or you hit the record button, there is that, that Jekyll and Hyde to be like, Oh, what, what, who cares what you have to say? Yeah, um, the uh, nasty voice. And uh, and the other one is like, oh no, do this because you enjoy doing it. And it's just a case of like yeah. quieting that voice and yeah. turn the other one up. <laughs> That's it, exactly. You know, there's a lady that I love and her name is Barry Tesler and she runs... Uh, her name is Barry Tesler? Barry Tesler, yeah. Okay. B-A-R-I, Barry. And she's over in the US. She's over in Boulder. Okay. Um, And she runs this year-long money program called The Art of Money. And she just, like, her background is in therapy, but then she also has worked with numbers and, you know, she worked in people's businesses and she's brought the two together because money is a very emotive topic. Brings up a lot of crap. So I I, I just think she's lovely and her voice is lovely and she just seems so grounded and, and motherly and her energy, like, I have, you know, done that program and her and her voice is just... I love it, okay? But she sent out an email and she was like, some people think my voice is sweet as honey. Other people think it's the most annoying thing in the world. Some people think X, Y. Like she went through a list of all the things that people have shared. From putting yourself out there, you will attract moths. When you go to stand in the light, you will attract moths. So she gave a list of everything that the people who love her love about her. And at the same time, the people who don't like her will say something negative. And mm. it's just, it's a choice as to who do we want to listen to? Do we want to listen to the people that are not a match for what we're here to do, that are not, you know, going to be someone who connects to the message that we bring? Or do we want to connect more with the people who will, where we're in community, in tribe, mm. you know? And it's it's a choice. And it's it's that is a tough choice. Like, I have faced that whole thing of, like, 
lack of self-worth really does come up for me and it sometimes it doesn't come up as a, a nasty voice it just comes up as procrastination or mm-hmm. just not having the energy so it's like oh, just why bother i'll just watch love island instead yeah. you know um and and that's where it gets well disguised but you know n- now i'm catching it and i'm i'm going into the stories that are there yeah. um where it's yeah like whatever it is we're here to do it's going to bring up that shit that's there to hold us back so but but the the thing is well, I want to take this because you're shivering. I, yeah, it's, <laughs> um, it's <laughs> cold you. in it. Um, the the thing is, I think we're hardwired to survive. Yes. And we're like, what's going to kill us? And yeah. and in this day and age, it's not what's going to kill us, but what's going to damage our status or what people think about us. And therefore, that's why it's it's easier to be driven by fear than it is to be driven by love. I think. Yes. Um, unless we're conscious of of that, uh, also. I think it's so important to understand that comparing ourselves is the killer of joy. And and instead, like last week, for example, I felt very down last week. Mm. I was like, what is the point of anything, really? Yeah, despondency. That's the, what's the point? I I was really like, I was like, everyone I know is going to die, probably before I do. So I'm going to see everyone I know die. Mom, dad, sister, missus dog they're all gonna the dog would definitely be, i mean very likely they'll die before i die yeah um, unfortunately yeah but um and i thought and then eventually i'm gonna die okay. so, and as i looked up at them stars i'm like i am kind of insignificant so yeah. what's the point but then at the same time uh i compare myself to instead of others for example today i was thinking about how where i was last year mm. and how this little podcast year and stuff, I dreamed of this, I really wanted this, mm. you know, I used to fantasise and Google about having your own podcast studio, what does it involve? And, mm. that stuff. and I, I would love to do that because mm. I just love the medium itself. Yeah, It makes me feel uh, alive and mm. it makes me feel more significant than what I felt before mm. because I feel like I'm adding some sort of value in other um, p- people's lives and it's a permanent record that's there forever for the rest of time. Yeah. Um. So what I'm getting at is, it's so much more beneficial to compare yourself to maybe if you're going to compare to anything where you were last year as opposed to what other people are doing and to take stock of that. And I actually think that's why it's really important to document. Mm. Um, And that can be actually a good thing about Instagram is you've got, you're like, oh, you know, I look, I've changed. I I I looked at a photograph of me like three years ago when I first started uh, teaching yoga and it's a photograph of me. I shared it last week on my story, on my Instagram on, on Thursday, throwback Thursday. And it's a photograph of me outside the key local community hall, which is around the corner. Mm. And I'm like doing this in front of the sign. Yeah. And I put posters up and I knocked on doors and no one showed up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, I was like 6.30 in the morning, yeah. like cold morning, dark. I uh, got the key opened up, paid the rent for the hall, not yeah, one person. I, I, I thought, I I've made a big mistake here. What am I doing? I should have, I should have just got an office job. Yeah. Um. And and then you know here we are now. Yeah. Now, luckily, I'm at a stage where I I'm turning down work. Thankfully, yeah. I'm very grateful for that. Yeah. But you forget that. You do. You forget that. Because that's times. the stories people don't tell. Like, well, I I suppose I seek them, and that's why I love you know, the people who are out there telling them of like, you see me as this now, but in the beginning, nobody 
showed up and I've had that I've put out courses and mm. nobody's done them and at the same time <laughs> I've put out courses and loads of people have done them you know but um yeah yeah I think I think it's a mix of again being humble and being grat- grateful because being humble you c- it can be the piece of like well like who am I you know like who am I to judge or who am I you know like I, I am in this world and I'm this like small piece whatever amidst the galaxy and the stars but at the same time it's being grateful this is who I am and this is what I love about myself and this is what I'm here to share and this is what I believe is my purpose and that I'm playing my part and you know in me playing my part I have the ability to ripple out change in myself and in the world um, and if we think of all the amazing people who just played their part like Rosa Parks who sat on the bus mm-hmm. like you know Nelson Mandela who did the work while he was in a prison cell like mm-hmm. um, so many people it's, I think it's it's just about, again, being true to ourselves and only measuring true to ourselves. I remember actually listening to a conversation um, and it was between Tony Robbins and coach John Carter, I think his name is. some Basketball top, coach. I think so. Mm. He died recently. I think he's died recently. Okay. But I remember listening to him and he, he literally, he was a, he was a, a school te- a college teacher or a school teacher one or the other college teacher maybe who just then was you know I think maybe he was teaching sport as well okay I can't remember the exact backstory but what stood out in my mind because I've played sports um, was that he ended up having so many consecutive wins and people were like what did you do what did you do what did you do and he just he coached his um, players to always, he said, you, they can go and win a match, but if they haven't played their best, well, then that, you know, wasn't always a great mm. thing. But if they go out and play to the best of their ability and they lose, they've still won. Mm. And he was like, you only ever measure yourself against yourself you know no compare as Marie Forleo calls it because I'm just reading her book this is figure outable or everything is figure outable she's like no compare schlager it's like excuse me compare schlager do you remember um Gold schlager do you remember there was that schlager drink was the the shot gold schlager yeah 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 yeah. gold little gold yeah yeah the cinnamon things and people said like when you drink it the gold almost like little razor blades Create little cuts in your oh, throat. Oh, really? I didn't know. And therefore, that. the alcohol gets in quicker. I don't oh know if that's gosh. true. But okay. Yeah, I used to well, enjoy that. Say now, <laughs> I've done one or two in my time. Um, but uh, yeah, like she she calls it compare schlager. And it, it is like all the people who are out there and who are doing their thing, the ones that seem appear to be doing it in integrity, but like from the stories that they're sharing and how they're showing up, it, it does um, seem to be true. Mm. They all say the same. It's like comparatonitis it's the killer of dreams (laughs) you know as is despondency like despondency is definitely something that kills dreams where it's the what's the point Mm. there's no use it's that heavy energy that um it's it's nearly like the ego's trying to it it's the fear so well disguised because it's nearly like trying to do you a favor of there's no point Mm. like no like you're putting all this effort in and it might work don't like just go and do something nice you know yeah but but at the same time putting all that effort in is important but you, so you important. need but you need to award yourself it like stirs the energy what i've realized the break i just went on to carcassonne yeah um i needed that so badly yes uh, i need i i don't 
I, I kind of like to punish myself. Like I get up very early at 4.30, 4 o'clock. I go, I go gym, do yoga, I eat well. And I'm very like militant in my life. Yeah. And therefore th- there's no, I don't like taking time off. I don't like to relax really, to be okay. honest. I like to be doing. And this break that came, it was kind of forced upon me because it was a mystery tour and it's a family thing and I didn't book it or anything. So yeah. I went and I realised, oh, I needed to break break yeah. this and I needed to and um be in the moment to be, be to be exactly just to, just to be and and the holiday we were on in Carcassonne it, we didn't actually do anything really we just relaxed and um so while it is it is good to to strive and to do that to be yang to yang I've also realized that buying stuff doesn't actually help. Uh, once I have it from get the delivery from Amazon, open the package, mm, cool. A minute mm-hmm. later, that's kind of is gone. Yeah. Um, but actually having time off or finding joy, as you were saying, yeah. yin. finding yin, finding joy mm-hmm. and without measuring it yeah. is, is so important. Like yeah. I think meditating is great, but if you're measuring how much you're meditating all the time, I don't think that's healthy. Well, no. Do you know the root word of the word spirit? root word of the word spirit yeah. actually means breath. So I oh. always think of, it's not how much you pray. It's not how much you meditate. Those are definitely tools that help me be me. Um, and they help me be a better version of me. But the measure is actually joy. How alive, how much life am I allowing myself to be breathed into me? Literally, you can have a physical body, but if it's devoid of spirit, there's no play, there's no joy. Mm. It's all gone. And what, 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 we're actually learning is is that when you give yourself that off time when you go and relax when you play play is abundance but when you go and you give yourself that off time you allow space to receive you've been working hard for something it's all been go 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 you need space to receive and surrender and that's what that time off is and this it's I actually have this tattooed on my wrist that's how important it is for me because I can be Korean that is Korean so when I left even how I got the tattoo is symbolic of what the tattoo is because um, it's Korean Hangul. And show, show that camera. Hang on, this camera hanging out. There you go. Can you see? Yeah. Let's sit upside yeah. down. Yeah. So if you're yeah. Korean, you won't be able to read that. Um, <laughs> so it actually means way, woo, way, which means action without action. So it's like you take action, but there comes a point when it doesn't matter how much more action you're going to take, say if a relationship... You keep putting it in, you keep putting it in, but you're not getting it back. It doesn't matter how much effort you put in. It doesn't matter how much work, more work you put in, you're not going to get it back. Mm. Um, or that can, that can be for anything. So you do your part, you take your action, but then you need to leave space for the universe to do its thing. You cannot mm. do it all alone. So for me to even get this tattoo, I rang around. I knew I wanted to get it in Korean. And I rang around places in Korea. And at the time, I was getting ready to leave. I'd lived there for five and a half years. It's stressful when you're trying to pack up a life to leave. So it ended up not working out. And I'd been talking about this tattoo for about a year before. I'm getting this tattoo. I'm getting this tattoo. It's in Korea. I'm going to get it here. And I just remember being like, I'm so tired and I'm so stretched. I actually, I don't even physically have the energy to stretch myself to go to another part of the city and get this done. It's just Mm -hmm. too much. So I was like... I guess that's that then. I'll just let it go. So I'm on a bus. I'm in India. And I'm sitting with this lady from the US. And we're en route to... Where was I going? Just the lady you were talking about earlier. 
No, just right. a randomer. Randomly, Again, yeah. another randomer. Okay. <laughs> and um, we just end up striking up a conversation. We're going from Dharamshala to Man... I can't remember the name. Manali or something. Manali, I think. And... Um, so we have a conversation and she's like, oh, I'm actually seeing this like tattoo artist and he lives in this place that we're going to. And I was like, oh, right. You know, and then she's like, yeah. And I was like, God, tattoos. Wow. You know, and um, then she's like, happened to mention that there's a Korean tattoo artist there. And I was like, bingo. <laughs> so I ended up getting the tattoo I wanted and I even got it better because he was able to add in the Indi- the little Indian arm sign into oh, it as well. Nice, uh, yeah. And, um, yeah, so it just, it was about letting go and then letting the universe provide. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. And you were open to it as always. And I was open to it. I'd forgotten about it. I mm-hmm. mean, it's so true when people, like, finally let go of something, you know, even really working hard on something, and then you're like, right, that's gone. It's the non-attachment piece. Mm-hmm. It's the genuine letting go um, and turning away to do something else, and the next thing you turn around, and there it is. Yeah. And, but it's learning how to do that for the things that you're really looking to consciously create. It's learning how to work with that and not so hold on so tight. Like a lot of people um, don't know how to let go. That's actually a frequently asked question, you know, Mm. when it comes to the work I do. It's like, I don't know how to let this go. Mm. But there's a process and you can. Everybody can let go, but it's about learning how to do it. Yeah, it's it's like we were saying earlier, before we started recording, I was thinking about a situation that I had over an email and uh, I realized at the end, my best action was to do nothing. Yeah. Because I, whereas before I would have been like, oh, I'm going to get him now with this yeah. response. I'm going to say this. And this yeah. is really going to be a dinger. Yeah, I'm and right. Then, yeah, I'm, I'm right. I'm right. And I'm, um, but I thought to myself, no, I'm going to take absolutely no, I'm, at the end, at the end of the day, I took absolutely no action and just left it as it was. And sometimes the best action is no action because yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, sometimes it's actually you know we've literally just maybe walked into somebody else's war like someone yeah, else exactly. has got a war going on with themselves yes, and yeah. you're like again course in miracles like one of because you're saying a little thing you're learning a lesson every day essentially for every day of the year and one of them is i choose to see peace instead of this or i just want peace mm-hmm. and what we don't realize sometimes is that we're not choosing peace when we're choosing when we're choosing to continue on with something that something's annoying us and you're Mm. like no i just i need to get this off my chest yeah you know instead of going i actually love myself so much right now that i want peace and i don't need to be right anymore i just i just want peace here it's so it's so it's so true like i think time is precious all we have in life is time in the some people say time's illusion but the time is precious and now I, I, although we said about you can get like 20 people saying they like you but one, one person that doesn't like yeah. what you, not you, but what you've done or something you've said or whatever. You've triggered them. You've triggered them. But then you, you, what you can do for yourself is to, to love yourself is to, is to not respond and understand. And instead, what I've realized is to come from a place of empathy to be like, how has this person come to this position? What happens to them in their day or their life mm. that has made them channel this towards me yeah and instead of taking it as a showing having almost sympathy as opposed to no i'm going to get them back and say this because then you give them the you take the power away from you as well yeah you know yeah. and and you you it's just um 
it's it's petty as well you know and, and from a from a i suppose a kind of legal standpoint as well anything you write in an email or whatever can be screenshotted so that's it exactly <laughs> i always if i need to speak to someone and I, it's a serious topic i call them yeah uh, to have it out just uh, so there's mis- no misunderstanding even though even though when you call people now um like in my phone rings i'm like oh, i'm in trouble like Yes. Hello. <laughs> I'm expecting bad news. Yeah. Um, now I'm conscious of time, and we had yeah. a, I, yesterday. I said, um, and it was kind of short notice about questions, and one person did ask a question. So okay. let, let me get to that question. Um, How long have we been on here now? An hour and ten. Ooh, I didn't even notice that go by. I know, there you go. Um, there was actually a good question. There may have been another one since, but let's have a look. Okay. This is this is such a great feature in in Instagram, isn't it? That people ask questions. So two questions okay. it has been, what's the best way to combat loneliness? Ah, loneliness. Mm, great question. Because we can be in a room and st- still feel lonely. Um, and this goes back to connection. This, mm. It always goes back to connection. Um, and um dealing with those parts of us like there's there's possibly when when we're feeling lonely there's possibly parts of us that are actually rejecting connection mm-hmm. so it's looking at um and this might need exploration like loneliness can be you know it's it's an energy but where am i disconnecting from myself you know because sometimes when we're disconnected from ourselves, even then when we're around people, we can't connect to others because we're actually disconnected from ourselves. We can only connect to others when we're connected to ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it would be looking at that. Um, the remedy for loneliness is connection. How do you connect better to yourself? Well, it would be looking at what's stopping you from connecting to yourself. So again, if you look at connection in terms of the whole chakra system, it's connecting right up here and bringing like the top, bringing it right down through the chakra system down to the bottom. If we've had stuff going on in us, in those lower three chakras, so um, if there's emotions held back, um, maybe from stuff that's gone on in your life, again, again, the parts of us that we reject, we push back into the shadow. And if we've got a lot going on in the shadow, we're not fully present in ourselves, in our energy, in our body. Mm. We're automatically disconnecting ourselves. So it doesn't matter again, you can be meditating all you want, but you'll be going around in circles until you actually deal with the emotional body. Mm. You can take all the action you want. You can write all the affirmations you want, but until you learn to work with the emotional body and look at what's blocking you and stopping you from disconnecting. And it's always pain. It's always stuff that we don't want to feel. Um, mm-hmm. And even when I say that, like you can, I can have conversations with some people and going like, there's nothing there. It's all subconscious. It's all subconscious. So it's about loving yourself enough to explore with curiosity. Mm-hmm. And if you're really stuck, reach out reach out you know um, there's all different sorts of help there's all different kinds of people um, you know there's all different kinds of therapists there's all different kinds of coaches reach out and even if it's something you really want to focus on get intentional about it write an intention like I am willing to release the need for loneliness in my life um, Mm. and I'm now open to learning how to do that and I'm willing I'm willing to open myself up to explore this it's Mm. like when the student is ready the teacher will appear and if you're really stuck connect with me I could certainly help anybody with loneliness 
and I think that's great, Brenda. I think also it can be made worse, worse by social media because, yeah. or by media in general. Yeah. You know, we see Friends, the TV show. I know that's pretty not. I don't watch TV, so I don't know whatever. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, know yeah. like any modern TV shows. Sorry. I'm the kind of person people like. Have you seen Game of Thrones? No, I've never seen Game of Thrones. I've never seen The Wire. I've never seen Twenty Four. I've yeah, never seen. Really I don't watch TV, but um, so the last thing I seen on TV really was was Friends, for example. But anyway, okay. we're at Friends, like or these romantic comedies. The guy always says the right thing at the right time, or Samantha of Sex in the City says something that's funny, and everyone say, and all the interactions that everyone is slick and knows that says the right thing. The reality is when you look on these media mm. everything has been edited and polished yep. uh and people can write really witty comments but uh what are they like in real life and what yeah. you have to realize is when you go to a dinner party or a social event you're gonna say dumb shit and you're gonna say stuff that you be like so you'll say it and be like why did i just say that or you're gonna r- put yourself down by accident and you're gonna say something that you want to take back and the reality is that social interactions are very awkward and they're your, your your senses are heightened because you're like, whoa, this is in real time. I'm looking at the person. As soon as, as I'm realizing they come out of my mouth, they're making judgments. Then they're saying, I'm, I'm judging them. And this is all going on at the same time. Okay. So when you stay away from that and you think, I'm not going to socialize with people at this party. I'm going to stay on my phone. Mm. You know, like it's very difficult to be. You don't uh, want to deal. You're like, I don't want to deal, deal exactly. with what that brings up for me. And like, yeah, there's exactly. a, there is an actual like a term, like a highly sensitive person. And I do have a, I am definitely a HSP. There's a term for it, highly sensitive. You can look it up, Google it. There's loads done on that. (laughs) Um, But at the same time, I think I was blessed with, um, there is, I find it really easy to connect with people. So you, and I I, I think that's come from traveling. Like I did a six month trip on my own. And I think it was the jobs that I had in my earlier years where I covered half of Ireland for a hairdressing company. And I had to go into hairdressers, people that I didn't know and, train them on hairdressing products and I think it just I find it really easy now I've I've gone through times in my life where there's a lot going on in the background and I become that awkward person mm-hmm. but it's 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 I've definitely noticed it's when I'm feeling the lack in me and when I'm not owning owning myself or I'm being not being kind or gentle to myself and I'm judging myself harshly mm-hmm. you know because again even coming back to loneliness um, when we don't want to deal with those heavier emotions, we can isolate. And isolation is the killer of dreams. Yeah. Connection fuels them. Yeah, and and, and oh, that's so good. And no matter how extroverted or introverted you are, this this is a challenge for everyone. Yeah. For example, when I was in, I'm not going to say Carcassonne again. again. Don't say it again. What are you not going to say? <laughs> when I was away for the weekend, um, I met my girlfriend and all her family. So it's all like, 12 of her family yeah most of them which can be which can be challenging challenging, you know because you want them to like you it's like i'm with your daughter but also you don't want to be overpowering and you know you want to give people some but there was a situation where i was basically by glued by her side like don't leave me here so she went off to the toilet and i thought i can't go to the toilet to the toilet so she went off to the bathroom (laughs) should i say sorry bathroom and i was there at the dinner table with everyone yeah and I thought it, I could look at my phone now because it's there. And yeah. It's just there. And a few yeah. other people look at their phone yeah. as we're settling down. And I thought, no. So instead I volunteered. I, I said to the guy across the table, like, um, Owen, so um, 
are you voting or something yeah. or, 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 yeah. for the weekend or would you who would you have voted for or something yeah. like that yeah. and there was a moment of awkwardness where it was like oh okay we're engaged in conversation other people listening and I just accepted that and it was I'm so I felt proud of myself you opened yourself up even though I'm a very extroverted person yeah. I, I, I'm happy to speak but I had that moment where it's so much easier to just look at my phone yeah. and let, wait for my girlfriend to come back and kind of be behind her yeah, yeah, as yeah. opposed to putting myself out there and, and then being vulnerable and it was a bit like okay you're I think he sensed what I was doing and like oh, okay I'll help you out here yeah, <laughs> so, yeah, and yeah. then it opened up everyone else's chat and I was thinking oh I just started a conversation yeah there you go <laughs> but, um so I, again we've got one more question cool. and then, um, what are the first steps I can take towards steering my life in the in the direction I want oh another super question and the first steps like step number one is vision it's really uh, having a vision and and say one thing I ask is say, okay, what do you want? And answers can be, I don't know, which is perfectly fine. Okay, I don't know what I want. So where you can go with that is, again, emotions are so important. Like I work across four bodies, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. Emotions are everything. You always know how you don't want to feel in a certain situation. You always know how you don't want to feel in your life. So it's flipping it over. I might know what this looks like physically. I might know what this is going to look like in my life but I know in this situation I want to feel xyz in this situation I want to feel and it's creating a vision from there like one of the first things I do when I work with someone is and it's part of the um it's part of the prep work that they do is I get them to explore um their inner emotions what their core desired feelings are and what their core shadow feelings are and getting clear about those because when you know what they are, they will actually be able to guide you into the unknown with a vision. But a strong vision like pen to paper, what would I really love to invite into my life right now or in this certain situation? That's how you begin. And it's, you know, even the word steer, like how do I steer my life in that direction? You've got an inner GPS. You can use it and it's powerful. But a lot of the time we have to declutter what's in the way of it. So, um, you know, we might have uh, emotional blocks there or mental stories. And like, we have to really go easy on ourselves and be really compassionate because these are programmed. We're going against programs and not just like it, stuff is passed that down through families. Like I say, I'm, I'm always hearing how people talk about having a physical ailment and it's like, oh, it's genetic. My mom or my dad has it. And it's mm. like, no, you share the emotional um. Uh, makeup of that behind you you share the emotions that have created that physical ailment you know because there's actually people talk about genetics but now there's the control above genetics called epigenetics mm -hmm. Do you know about epigenetics yeah, so absolutely. that's bruce lipton biology of belief all that kind of thing so there's a lot to clear out like that's that's a simple question but it's it can be challenging because what you're actually doing is getting all the crap out of the way that are in the way of that steering wheel that are in the way of that sat nav mm -hmm. um, and if you're having difficulty with it again reach out like it's so worth it's so worth investing in mm -hmm. um, and when you're investing in you know working with your emotions you're investing in your energy like i often think of like how much do people pay for hair makeup clothes how much are you investing in your energy mm -hmm. yeah you know mm -hmm. um and that's why it's it's life-changing it's mm -hmm. so life-changing yeah. when you take the time to explore this stuff and just know that it's not set 
in stone. Mm. You can change. You can have an amazing life. You can show up and be happy with yourself. There might be a little bit of inner work to do, but you can do it. It can be done. Mm. Um, and it can be simple, but challenging, but mm. it's worth it. That was so good. Yeah, that was great. Um, so have a vision. Yes. Take stock of yourself and your emotions. Emotions are key. <laughs> Emo- key. And yeah, like emotions and spirit work together. And that's what we call the feminine energy. And again, this is the time of the rise in feminine energy. So you can do it consciously and work with it, or you can not work with it, but it's going to be stirring in the background. That's why people are, I think there's more like, you know, depression. They're becoming more aware of their darker stuff because we're mm. connecting with that emotional side anyway. Mm. You might as well learn how to connect with it in a way that works and serves you and the people around you and the life that you have. Yeah, brilliant, Brenna. Any closing thoughts? Any closing thoughts? That's no. a big question. Yeah, like, <laughs> but, how long have you got? Okay, so, so <laughs> let me rephrase that. If people want to find you. If people want to find me, I'm actually going to be um, on stage at Thrive Festival and I will be doing an interactive workshop both days as well. So that's, um, you know, there's potential for you there to get up close mm. um, and personal and to have me help you with stuff. Um, as well as that, I'm on Facebook as Brona Malone, B-R-O-N-A-M-A-L-O-N-E. I'm on Facebook and I'm Power In You Coaching. So I'm Brona Malone Coaching on Facebook. Mm-hmm. And then I have a website as well. It's coming soon, but if you want, you can go and stick your email in the, the inbox there. And that's bronamalone.com. Yeah. So I'm on Facebook and I'm on West. I, I will be better on Instagram. Yeah. My dream is to just do what I love coaching wise and get paid for it and have someone help me out. But for now, it's, it's me. So that's why my Instagram is not so great. <laughs> but that's because my coaching is. Yeah. Hey, yeah, nice. I like that. <laughs> that <was> good. <laughs> Brian, it's a pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for having me. You're welcome. <laughs> Done. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, please leave a review on iTunes or share it with a friend on your Instagram or your Facebook or maybe even tell someone. Thank you as always for listening. Hope to catch up with you again next week.